What's up, Brightsiders? I know it's late, but it's raining in LA, so for the rest of the country, this is what real weather is like for you guys. But you know what? We're a bunch of pussies here, so uh, yeah, we just stay inside and uh, don't get shit done. But speaking of shit, <laughs> Mrs. Brightside is brought to you by... I can't even do this without laughing, but yeah, Mrs. Brightside is brought to you by Fred's BS. The BS stands for breads and spreads, not bullshit. But I think this is funny for some reason. But yeah, be sure to check out the BS box, which now has six cookies, a four-ounce jar of jam, and two small orders of baked goods. And the price is now only $15 a month. It's pretty awesome, guys. Even though I like to make shit jokes, because, I mean, Fred didn't make it called BS without him, guys. But it's really delicious. Yeah, and he's going to have some specials coming up for Valentine's Day, so stay tuned for those. But, you know, on a sadder note, this week's Mrs. Brightside is the bright side of suicide. So enjoy that. And then be sure to use code BRIGHTSIDE to get 20% off Fred's BS at fredsbs.com. Such a sweet, sweet thing till they got a hold of me. Open doors for little old ladies. I help the blind to see. I got no friends cause they read my Twitter. And they can't be seen with me. And I'm getting real shot down and I'm feeling mean. No more, Mrs. Brightside. No more, Mrs. Glee. No more, Mrs. Brightside. They say I'm sick. I'm a sick. Mrs. Brightside, where the glass is always half full, and we're here to talk about a very touchy subject today. Um, so yeah, just in Mrs. Brightside fashion, and something fell, um, whatever, I think it's my cups and that um, are on a little cup hook, but you know what, we're keeping that in there, but guys, because we just got blasted into this podcast by that noise, but yeah. It's the ghost of so, Rick James. Yeah, the ghost of Rick James, yeah, yeah. he died here. He's here with us. Yeah, and I think that was it. But we're not here to talk about uh, cocaine. We're here to talk about suicide. All right, and my guest today, who I uh, wanted to talk about the bright side of suicide, is uh, Mr. Nate Miller. That's me. Yeah. I did sign up for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so so what do you do, Nate? Like. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. I should have thought about an answer for this. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I know we all have, like, 12 titles here. Yeah, so, I mean, I describe myself as a creator, um, but uh, right now I'm working on um, on a podcast. I do podcasts. Yeah. That's that's how we uh, got planted. Yeah. Right. After Buzz TV, like, half of the guests on the show is somewhere I know it's, it's, honestly, not to plug them, it, it's yeah. a great, I've met a lot of really talented people through that. It's been great. Yeah, it, it was a good networking opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Um... So I do I do podcasts. Uh, I also went to film school for a while. Uh, I also play music. I'm thinking about going to music school this year. I'm not sure yet. Um, so I, I kind of do a lot of things, which is like my main issue. Um, but for work, I work in a restaurant. That's how I pay yeah. my bills. I know, and it must be nice to pay your bills with actual work. Well, so, yeah. when I say pay my bills in the, uh, the metaphorical quote, quote, yeah. sense, right? Mm-hmm. Not in the literal sense. Not that having to ask your mom and your grandma for money. Right, exactly. <laughs> My support yeah. system. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I do try to work, guys. It just doesn't always work out well because I have personality issues. Yeah, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> well, um, yeah, and I know, like, the restaurant industry, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, maybe one day, because I, I have had uh, Curtis Davis, uh, another comic, to talk about, like, the bright side of those types of jobs when yeah. the Jeffrey Owens thing was going on. So, like, yeah, but, like, you know, suicide is certainly, you know, being around the holidays. And, uh, you know, with one of my last guests, we talked about the Pete Davidson uh, post and everything when we did the bright side of uh, mental health. And, you know, suicide is a, you know, symptom of a lack of mental health or, you know, for better lack of better phrasing there. And, you know, so everything does kind of come together. But suicide specifically is something that, especially at this time of year, being Christmas, New Year's, Valentine's Day coming up, it's just inherent loneliness that we feel at this time. And I feel like this was a good time to actually do this one because it's like so many people are thinking about it. And we want to make sure that this guy's, uh, since this was a question even Nate asked, we are here to talk about the bright side of suicide as in the thoughts and tendencies and, you know, maybe dealing with family members. This is not the bright side of killing yourself, which don't worry, guys, there is some because, you know, I have a joke that says, you know, I'm pro-suicide. But don't worry, that's not for people like Anthony Bourdain or anyone who would, any of you brightsiders out there. You guys shouldn't kill yourselves. But you know what? Maybe there are some people who should. You know? And well, again, this is all about just since saying. We're, since we're starting here. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I condone this message only in the case <laughs> of like extreme. You're held captive. Yeah. Y- you, you literally have no other choice. Because Not, again, just a drain on right. society. Yes. <laughs> the one thing I want to make sure is clear: I, yeah. I, I, I don't think suicide is ever a viable option, even though sometimes it feels like it's the only option, because. What it's it's not like when you quit something and then you can come back again with new perspective no. and try. Once you take that, once you quit, it's it's done. Yeah, it's this over. isn't like giving up guitar lessons. This is like. No, like, you gotta know that you aren't coming back from this. Like, so I think under no circumstances should anybody (laughs) kill themselves. Or, or you don't believe in assisted suicide, or like the medical, like, because I, like, when Hunter S. Thompson killed himself, a lot of people, I was like, oh, we're gonna go down this. I'm like, hold on, let's explore this. I think that's different. Um, Yeah, because I'm very much like, I believe in the right to die. And, like, you know, if I were, like, say, like, in Hunter S. Thompson's case, like, his suicide, I I wish I, you know, had this out of my storage unit because I had his suicide. I actually don't know much about his death. 
Oh, yeah. So, well, he just got to a point, and uh, let me look up, actually, how old he was, but he he literally done it all. And this, to me, is one of those situations where he wrote it up being, and this is a guy who didn't, you know, really have any kids or anything. And so this is one of those things where this guy killed himself because he was like, what else do I have to do? Like, I've done it all. Like, and it was more like a happy sort of like, you know what? I'm just like, I want to die on my own terms and I think I'm going to die right now sort of thing. And I'm like, that could, that to me is an example of somebody just taking it and being like, you know what? I'm good. And I've done it all. How old was he? Well, I need to look that up. But yeah, I'm like, he was up there. And like, as I say, the... The dude literally had done it all, and I thought that was an interesting take. That's why I, mean, I always I don't, kept that. Well, for the sake of argument, because I like to argue, yeah. um, he hadn't done everything because new things are constantly being created. Yeah. So there's there's always something new. That's a To say that he had done everything is an extremely uh, Yeah, well, prideful, in his mind, he Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and so you have to detach yourself from your ego because that can be... That can be dangerous. Yeah, because he was only 67, but... Right. Yeah. So, I I yeah. mean, with the assisted suicide, if yeah. you're in, in pain, pain yeah. if you're really, like... I oh, yeah. I often say to people that I don't really want to get that old. I don't... No, like, me, I see yeah, me old too. people, I'm I like, see I, them struggling yeah. to see, you know... My grandmother passed away last year. She was in the hospital for almost a year. Probably, I think, longer than a year. And then, before that, she was in, you know, being taken care of. I, I, I don't know if I, I guess having yeah. the connections to people and you want to be there for them is that's what you hold on to, but just quality of life alone, like I don't... Yeah, to me, if someone has no quality of life and it's their choice that they want to end it, I'm all for that because it is a matter of like, if you really can't, it, or like, you know, if you really can't do anything or like you really feel, like you know you're going to die... Like of say term like pancreatic cancer, terminal pancreatic cancer, extremely painful death. If you're like, hey, you know what, I'm gonna spend these last few months while I'm still okay with my family, and then just like you know take take a few pills and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like, wow, I started this on a really dark note. Yeah. Well, I mean. Because yeah. as I say, I, that's more that's a your choice, and it's not it's not coming from a place of just like yeah. lost hope. It's not, it's a hopeful place. Right. I, yeah. I, yeah, and I... Yeah. Because I, I wouldn't want to wish that suffering on yeah. anyone. I, no, and it's like, I'd hate to be there, but I would think if I if I, could, if I chose to go out on my own terms or, like, you know, shit myself till I died, like, I'd probably, probably go with the first one. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know. I can't even really honestly yeah. say what I would do because I can't really even fathom those permanent decisions like that you know what yeah. I mean? like especially when you're diagnosed with an illness of, of that nature like oh yeah i mean because it, it is but because there are miracles that happen as sam a big fan of adam carolla and you know bald brian he was told he had six months to a year to live with his brain tumor and that was nine years ago so like there are certain things that do turn around right but like and you know and but, so I, it's like where I, is your line but too sometimes there really is like there is no hope you're right like, yeah and I guess, I mean, I guess it's kind of a yeah. wake-up call for me because I, I wouldn't really describe myself as, like, a hopeful person, yeah. but I would still, at least now, I f- would feel inclined to be, like, even if it's going to be tough, I'd rather hold on and fight because who knows what yeah. could happen. Oh, and again, I'm an it optimist got, now. I mean, I, I consider myself a realist. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't really believe in 
pessimism or or optimism. I think things are as they are, and yeah. you can choose to see them different but ways. Way, but yeah. I don't. I choose to see them as they are, and sometimes that may come off negatively. Sometimes it comes off positively. Yeah. Um, but I think looking at at the facts of the math of it, the science. Yeah, I'm saying I like math and science. If you, you know, if you're diagnosed with this illness and you choose to opt out, yeah. as a, you, you're, you're, like you're, you're, the, 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 I opt out of right, life. The chance of you surviving yeah. is zero. Yeah, period. Exactly. Whereas if you struggle, even if it's painful or whatever you have to go through, there is a chance. It's more, yeah. it's greater than zero. It may be even, it may just be point zero 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 one. Yeah. But it's greater than zero. It's like a binary on and off that for me i okay so we talked before we started that i i've never attempted to kill myself but i have spent a lot of time thinking about it oh yeah thinking like in that circular thought you get into of of my life is so fucked literally everything about it is beyond repair there's nothing that i can do at this point um I might as well just kill myself. Yeah. And, and Yeah, and that's like your internal monologue. And, and it's always different for other people. Because mine is like, I, I've always hoped things will get better, but right now it just sucks so bad. What if I just drove off into the P, off the PCH here in the ocean? Mm-hmm. Like, sort of thing. It was like, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, so for me, one of the things that causes, I think, my depression and like even some yeah. anxiety I get is I, I overthink things. Like to an impossible level, and even with this, I so I do the Christmas Carol. I'm dead now. What happens? <laughs> well, my family is fucked. Yeah. My sister is a mess. My dad doesn't know what to do. My mom doesn't know what to do. My cousins are like, "What's going on?" Then I think about my friends who like I, you know, when you're in your depression, it's like, oh, nobody. I don't have any, like, real friends. Nobody, like, really cares about me. But when you think about it, like, if you die, like, who would really be like, oh, my God, like, that, I'm never going to talk to you again. And for me, I don't know, I mean, I guess I would say that helps me to think about that kind of thing because it it makes it more real of, like, you can't, you can't opt out. You can't just choose the easy route. You can't quit. And I think that is the thing. If suicide is quitting, it is the easy route because... You know, like it's like at the end of the Buffy musical. You know, li- you know, life is what uh, is what's hard. Like <laughs> the hardest thing in this world is to live in it. That's the exact yeah. quote. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I bring up Buffy a lot on this podcast. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I have grown to appreciate yeah. Buffy. I wouldn't consider myself a Buffy fan, but I've I've seen enough of it to well, uh, I can imagine to appreciate the reference now. Like, cause we're about the same age, right? I'm thirty. Or, yeah. I'm 26. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Then, then, yeah, you wouldn't have been, like, in the time when it was, like, the big thing. Like, no. and I'm even a little younger than um, when it was, like, the thing. But right. I had bad parents. So, like, I got to watch it. Right. But I will say that now in the Me Too era and, like, knowing... Because I know they don't really... Like, everything posted about Josh Sweden and that was erased. Um, uh, but trust me, I know there's a lot to that. So, I can see if that clouded your judgment. But I'm like, oh, apparently not. You just missed the... Yeah, you... Well... Yeah, and I was well, like, I grew, generation. I yeah. also... I grew... I mean, yeah. I grew up in a Christian home. So, like, yeah. I... 
I, I know kids at school I, weren't allowed to hang out right. with me because we were the pagan family. Yeah, I was not really. It, it, I, it, I, you wouldn't have been my. I friend. had to sneak to watch Charmed. That was like about as far as I could like go on TV. Oh, Charmed. Yeah, yeah it was an issue when I I started pick. I picked up Magic the Gathering, and that was that was an issue. Oh yeah, in my hometown, like they tried to get the comic book store shut down for selling Magic. Oh the yeah. Gathering. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I had a like a metal phase and then like I got really into Iron Maiden. Oh, I, I, I'm still a little bit not in the metal about phase. That. Like there's part of me that I wanted to go to Ozfest New Year's Eve. Uh, like and I probably should have done uh, that. I, I, I appreciate so a lot of it, but yeah. I also I'm It just is in a, just garbage, I'm in a but it's place. so nostalgic garbage. I wouldn't like, say garbage. Yeah. I'm just in a different place yeah. is what I'm gonna say. Exactly. Like there's I, a time when I wanna play some Ramstein and and Yeah, or like Nine Inch Nails forever was my favorite band all through growing up but now i'm like i never listen to them anymore maybe yeah. it's because i'm not i mean i've been depressed but it's like i learned I that to listening to that made mood. you more depressed yeah, yeah. well I, I mean okay well this yeah. that, and that's what my dad would say yeah. it's like you listen to sad music it makes you sad and i i don't i don't know if i agree with that because i music is a, a very big thing for me yeah and that was me it was good when i needed it but i've noticed that it but two, maybe it's not the music itself. It's the when the times that it reminds you, or even yeah, more, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you that, can. Yeah. I mean, I th- I think there's two phases here, right? There's yeah. usually when the music first comes out, and you're experiencing those feelings, and yeah. you're listening to those songs as you're experiencing those feelings, and then years later, you go back and you hear the song, and maybe it brings up some of those feelings again. Sure, then yeah. I can understand why it would make you sad. For for me, often, I. <clears throat> I I don't as much feel sad with sad music as much as I commiserate. It's like yeah. even even though sometimes say, I feel yeah. alone, like okay, last year Mac died, Mac Miller. Yeah. Uh, I was a big fan of Mac. He wasn't my favorite artist, but I was a big fan of his. I followed him as he grew as a musician and grew as a as a person. His content changed and grew, and he got more and more interesting as we had more and more things in common. And then yeah, that's how I found about Trent Reznor. Yeah. Yeah. So when he died, it was really rough for me because yeah. his last album is all about it's called Swimming. It's all about understanding that you are that you have to cope, that you have to keep swimming. Yeah, you must keep swimming. Right. Yeah. Instead of drowning in your issues, you you swim through them. You you just deal with it. You keep on go- and and it was knowing that even though sometimes I feel super alone in what I'm feeling or whatever, there's somebody out, else out there who's feeling a similar thing and is able to write and express themselves about it. That makes me feel better. That pulls me from the ledge. Same thing with like Kid Cudi songs and yeah. like older. Even even I, I was a big Killswitch Engage guy when I was super emo in middle school. And I'm sorry, I want to beat you up. Like, 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 <laughs> I'll take, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take him. You can do me. That's fine. No, I'm like, I'm just thinking of me in school. I'm like, no, snails, like tool, like, yeah, exactly. and then I'm gonna like, kill switch. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> different, different. Yeah, funny. that's that's so funny. Oh. Um, but yeah, so I, if you if you're sad and you yeah. like to listen to sad music because. You're sad. That's okay. Don't yeah. don't let people tell you that you have to listen to happy music and then that'll cheer you up. Because sometimes I don't want to hear Pharrell's happy because I'm not happy. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. look at how happy I am. It's like, well, good for you. There are times where I'll like try to listen to one of my favorite happy songs is Weezer's Island in the Sun. But like, there are times where that isn't gonna work, and I'm like, no, I'm gonna burn this whole world down. Like yeah. Nine Inch Nails must. And there are times, but in two, it's like. 
there is a one way you sort of learn. It's like, but then that's giving you that feeling of like, you, because uh, as I say, while these songs may be like sad or angry or whatever, it's giving you that feeling at the time that mm-hmm. you need, like that vindication more so, because you're not ready to be, try to force yourself to be happy. You're looking for a different feeling of like, yeah, like you said, commiserate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just some, some type of affirmation yeah. is, is usually, because that's, I mean, again, I can only speak for myself, but when I'm, like, really depressed, like, that's what I'm looking for, is someone to be like, hey, like, are you okay? Like, I I hate the, I hate that we have this, this social norm of, hey, how, like, hey, what's up? How are you doing? Like, we say to people, and we never really, no one's ever really asking, how are you doing? It's just being polite. Right, exactly. And and I appreciate people being polite, but also some, I think it, it, at the same time, when when someone is actually asking you how you were doing, it's like you don't get it, right? Yeah, because exactly. Because you're so used to the, you know. Exactly, yeah. because it's like, well, when 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 are you? It's the same phrase. When are you? When do you really want me to be like? Well, actually, yeah, I'm not doing good mm-hmm. today, my man. Sorry. You just want a man. Hate to bring your well, day down. Well, actually, I'm yeah. gonna mansplain to you that I like, you know, I feel Since terrible. You asked, yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna keep you captive here and unload on you. Yeah, and too, there are sometimes where it's like. I've had friends be like, no, really, how are you? Like, and you can tell. You're like, oh, no, they really want to know. Like, because they can tell something's up. Right. But there is a difference in that. Like, you know, but yeah, it's one of those things, like, you know, you brought up Mac Miller, and that's a good way to kind of transition. The the suicide rate, uh, you know, especially in the music industry, is very high. I mean, especially last year. He didn't kill himself, though. I just want to clarify. Yeah, I know. He didn't kill himself, but but he died of a drug overdose, which... Some, like, you know, is mental illness Walking the line. Yeah. Yes. And as I say, it's similar, but not fully. Like, he didn't choose to end his life, but he did choose to take he a drug chose, and then overdose. Yes, he but, chose so, to continually make decisions that could yeah. end his life. Yeah, but it's... It's like, it's like playing... When you live a life like that, it's like playing Russian roulette. You're yeah, not, You're exactly. not trying to kill yourself, oh, yeah, I was but a you big know junkie that in high school. at any point in yeah. time... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm a casual. Oh, yeah. And now, a word from our sponsors. Tired of nagging yourself to get a website for your artistic career already? Radportfolios.com creates affordable custom websites for artists. Use code BRIGHTSIDE. That's one word for half off your website startup. Radportfolios.com. So you can get back to getting booked. Uh, at any point in time, yeah. it could go off. Yeah. And, and, and that's that's what happened. Um, so it's it's a really... It's a really fine line that they're walking in, and I think it happens a lot in the industry. Yeah, because I was going to bring up Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington, because right. that was where I was like, yeah, like, those were suicides, yeah. and, you know, and that came about the same time as Anthony Bourdain, which, you know, as you brightsiders might know, like, that's the reason I did the bright side of depression, just right following that with Lex Michael, because that hit me so hard. Because, like, and that's what reminded me of when you were speaking of your feelings with Mac Miller and how you grew. And then, like, Anthony Bourdain was one of those people for me, which was always weird because he was, you know, so many people just know him as a chef or a TV. But it was, like, the TV personality part where this guy, you know, he wasn't a comedian, but he was a good storyteller. And that's mm-hmm. what I always... I And that's some of the few books I actually own would be, like, his or things mm-hmm. like that. And I'd be like... I really looked up to this guy, and so when he killed himself, it just really hit hard for me, because it's like, this guy literally had the life, and that's what everybody talked about, was, Mm -hmm. 
And too, like with Chester and Chris Cornell, it's not like they were, you know, they weren't at the top of their career anymore, but they were still touring. I mean, because I know, uh, I mean, I'm admittingly, I was a big Linkin Park fan. I've seen them several times in concert. Mm-hmm. I sadly never got to see Chris, I, I did see Audio Slave, but I didn't get to see, um, you know, Soundgarden ever live because I missed the Ninja Tour. But, um, yeah, it's one of those things that, the, you know, and all three of those were very close together. And, you know, these are all people that seemingly had it all, or most people like yourself with Mac Miller or like I was with Anthony Bourdain, people were affected by this because of where they affected other people. Right. Like, and that probably increased in suicides among, you know, teens and things like that. They're, yeah. You know, being that these were probably, Mac Miller definitely would have been more like most teens these days, but, you know, maybe people my age that like old music. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope... I would hope that it would it would do the opposite. Yeah, like, I, would I would hope because to yeah. me it was a wake up call of like right. I need to do better because right. if Anthony Bourdain just killed himself, right. th- what am I doing? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because and hopefully it has that effect. Yeah. yeah. Especially for other other artists and other people close to them that are living a similar lifestyle. That's that's the people that I would hope the most would be able to learn something from. Yeah. It. But it's, you know, Chester and Chris Cornell, Chris, you know, died um, first, and a lot of people have speculated, Dr. Drew, who's like, you know, more of a, you know, expert on this subject, so I'm not, like, you know, that in the know, but he had talked about how he said suspected, because he had spoken to Chester after Chris's death, Mm -hmm. that that did have a lot to do with it. That's the unfortunate um, side effect there, and that's why I'm like, I do wonder about all the other people that may have been affected, but... It is one of those things that you don't realize how these entities are, you know, that these are people too. You know, mm-hmm. Anthony Bourdain, Mac Miller, all these people, they have lives and problems too, and where where does it end? And, mm-hmm. and how much of this is helping, and how much of this is, right. you know, maybe perpetuating the cycle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think the one thing that we have to look at, especially with the current times and what I think, yeah. I, I don't know so much about... Chris's experience, but I was a little bit more familiar with Chester in, in his last you know, yeah. few days, um, and like the way that the internet is and yeah. social media and just the way public perception is towards celebrities, like it hasn't changed for the better. Yeah, to me, it's this is more of the media, not celebrities themselves. It's more about the media portrayal right. of it that's concerning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, well, I mean. Even yeah. beyond the media, it's yeah. also the fan base and yeah. the way that which people which could be very around. toxic, right? Yeah. Because before, like, before Twitter, yeah, you know, we could go to school with our friends and then go hang out by the lunch table and talk whatever crazy shit we wanted to about the band, and yeah, nobody would ever know outside of what we said. But now, everybody, even kids yeah. in middle school with phones, are on Twitter saying whatever they can because they're kids. Yeah, and. You can tag a band, and anybody, they could see that. And it's there on the internet forever. And and yeah. rationally, you would say, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just yeah. what some person says. But when it's, you have a mass volumes yeah. of people, yeah. when you especially, I mean, you look at it one way from just like, that's just an objective that people say about you. Yeah. But then now people are saying something about an art that you created or you had to take something per- deeply personal especially with these guys yeah. that have really personal yeah, music, music is far more personal than any you of take, this other you crap. work yeah. with it like a baby for yeah. you know however long it takes to make the record you put it out 
and people are like, oh, this is this is trash. You're awful. You lost it. Like, yeah. How do you think that makes people feel? And two, this sort of brings up, you know, the more recent case that I talked about a few weeks ago with like Pete Davidson, where people were telling him to kill himself. And I'm like, I don't remember seeing anything about like this happening with Chester or Chris Cornell's case, but I know that. Chester was deeply affected because he and Chris were friends in a lot of that. And, like, to see that in, you know, as you say, like, the way that people maybe talked about him after his death or things like that. We didn't see any particular bullying that was never brought up, but that's essentially what this is. Is mm-hmm. sort of like, we live in a day and age where used to, you could escape by just going home and turning off the TV and everything and you wouldn't hear about yourself or like, you know, and this is true for even non-famous people like with Facebook and everything. We all sort of have to deal with shit every day now, though. It's like you can't turn it off unless right. you just go to a cabin in the woods. Right. Yeah. And then even even if you want to turn it off, our like our brains are not hardwired to receive the information and dopamine hits that we have gotten, and it's like a whole new addiction that we haven't yeah. even really started exploring yet. Um, I think that is, I mean that, I mean you spoke about the holidays and yeah, and it, how I mean, that is for people. I know a I lot was of people, very right? Seasonal affectiveness yeah. disorder is a big thing. That, that is happens a real to a lot disorder. Of people. Yeah. It deals. It's it has to do with the cold weather, but also, in my experience. It's it's hard because you see all other you see other people being happy and having fun with a good time, everyone's with their family, and, and you certainly see a lot of that on on social media, right. which may well, not always media, be the real case. Yeah, social media makes yeah. it one hundred percent worse because most of the time yeah. it's not real. Like if you see a family in real life and they're having fun, it's like damn that sucks. I wish I was having fun with my family. But on Facebook or Instagram, like most of that stuff is fake. Most of those families are still. Everybody's family has shit. Everybody's oh, yeah. got the weird uncle and the fight that happens at the reunion or whatever. Like everybody's got a family that has that's not working right. But when you are in your own situation, you don't see that. You yeah. see everyone else's stuff, and you're like, man, grass is greener, whatever. Yeah, and, and that that is something that people have dealt with forever. Is always feeling like the grass is always greener on the other side. But now, when you have the ability to filter and edit and what you you know post out to people that's even more apparent that's why i for way more respect the people like christian bell is somebody i like a lot because like you know she is somebody who suffers from depression and is always very open and honest about it but like she says she goes i always make sure i post pictures when i don't have makeup on or like stuff that's more real because in two that's what's so unfortunate about some of the people i know with their social media i'm like this this is not you, right. and this is dangerous. Like, because right. there's a couple I know that, you know, apparently the guy's very abusive, but on their social media, it's always like, oh, oh my god, everything's great, and we're just like, this is fucked up right here, right. because it's like every picture is them being a happy couple, and it's like it is not really happy. And I know so many people like that, and especially when it comes to like, you know, they're just like Instagram dates, and I'm like, we need to get back to reality, and I think this might help the suicide rate, because so many people feel alone in that moment, and they're looking at all this stuff, but that's not reality. Right, <laughs> exactly. That's, it's, it creates this false yeah. sense of like, that your life is, is much less yeah. exciting than somebody else's, when in reality, those people's lives... I mean, sure, there are some people that have exciting lives, but even the people that do exciting stuff, they still have to do laundry. Yeah, they still have to pick up their dog poop. They still got to poop themselves, you know? They still got to go to the doctor. They still get food poisoning. Yeah. They still get hangovers. Like, people are people at the end of the day, and you can't... 
compare yourself to somebody else. Um, this is one of the things I, as much as I hate to say, that my dad told me, and he was right. Um, you, you know, you run your own race. You don't run anyone yeah. else's race. And like, along with that is like time. I often, you know, I'm about, I turned 27 in March, and I am like, fuck, what am I doing in my life? Like, I've wasted <laughs> so much time, you know. And I look yeah. and I see, you know, uh, other artists or whatever that yeah. are like half my age or like even even mac mac yeah. had just turned 27 yeah he had been making music for 10 years already yeah i'm like i when i listen to wish and 20 and was like 26 years on my way to hell like i'm like he was only 26 at that time he made this and i'm 30 and i have not made my name for myself really right. yet and i'm like but then you have to think i'm like but then i'm like no adam carolla was 32 when he started Love Blind or right. things like that and so i but again it's like this podcast yeah. of trying to think of the happiness because you know, how many rock stars died before they were 27? Right. Like, I exactly. lived. Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing, is that you have to, you have to, you have to run your own race, you gotta find what works for you, what it will give you meaning, yeah. and, and what's gonna, like, give you fulfillment. And I think, on top of that, if you do deal with depression, if you are, if you're having suicidal thoughts, you have to talk to someone, you know, whether that's a friend should be a therapist if you can afford it. I know yeah. a lot of people can't. I can't. Yeah, that's um, why, the, you know, I can't afford it either, guys. That's why I do this podcast. <laughs> there is, <laughs> there's a lot of affordable therapy options yeah. out there, but, you know, I, I understand it's not, it's not easy. Um, but get help. You know, I, I I'm not going to say that you should be on medication, but you should try medications. I, I haven't found the one for me yet. Yeah, like, I, I tried it, but I found that doing, and that's why I tell people, medication is helpful for some people, like Kristen Bell, and, but, like, it is hard for people to get, like, sometimes that's not right for every case, and that's unfortunately where a lot of people start out, when right. it's like, that should be the last resort. Well... Let's do some therapy first. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I definitely, I think, I, I think, personally, I think everybody should have therapy. I think yeah. they should, it should be, like, part of public school, where, like, everybody has... Oh, yeah. Even if it's just, like, 20 minutes where you come in and you talk about how you're feeling, just to normalize that, because we still... We're getting better, kind of on social media because people will talk about being depressed and stuff. But even then, it's it's more of a surface level. I want attention. It's not like a yeah. hey, I'm really struggling with this kind of a thing. Or like people don't really share what they're hurting with. They just share that they are going with stuff. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I, I think I think we're getting there, but I I think the big issue right now is people feeling like they can't, you know, talk about their feelings. So I I, I think medication is a good option you know definitely do therapy definitely try to make yourself healthy in any way that you can yeah as i say like there are so many options out there today and like i say not to to this podcast because i could recommend 10 others that you know it's like guys podcasts have helped me more than anything that was the reason i started this because i'm like look at all of what adam and dr drew do for me or now dak shepherd like his was even after mine and i'm like no i listen to this it's fucking therapy like i love hearing about this Especially when he does, like, the expert on experts episode and has, like, psychologists. Because, I mean, that's the thing is I have a master's degree in psychology and I'm still fucked up in the head, guys. Like, you know, everybody has to talk to somebody, even your therapist. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody has the yeah. answers. It's, it's, we're all, that's, that's like what yeah. life is, is we're all just kind of trying to figure it out. And that's the other thing I learned from my mom. My mom's yeah. shout out is that you never, it doesn't stop. It doesn't, there's no like, all right, I figured it out. Like now yeah. life is on like cruise. There's no, it's just a constant struggle. It's just an issue. And like, that's, 
that can that in and of itself can be depressing. Yeah. But you have to you just have to change the way that you think about it. Like it's yes, it's hard, but everything that's worth having is hard. Yeah. And and even, you know, to put it bluntly, like I spent a lot of time within the last two years where I was probably not working as hard as I should and had a lot of free time and I'm a big video game guy, so I just played a lot of video games like even I and i, I played a lot before but like, <laughs> I'm like a, i, I yeah. talk about a lot of yeah. video games and i know I, they take up a lot of time well you have no idea yeah i reached a point where you know a few months ago pretty recently like i i don't even i don't even really enjoy it that much so i, <laughs> I took a break and i stopped yeah. playing i started doing other things so now i play a little bit here and there but moral of the story is like you don't want things to be easy you don't no. want things like that's that that's not a good thing if stuff is really easy. Well, ultimately, right? Like, what are you living for? Yeah, is the is the question. Like, what what's why why are you living? What and and find that. Are you working? Are you living to work? Are you living to learn? Are you living to get a family and grow? Are you what are you what are you living for? Are you living to create something like that? To me. That is what is important, and that's what, right now, that's what I'm trying to figure out, is what am I, what's my goal that I can work towards and dedicate myself towards that is actually building something. Yeah, because, like, you know, kind of going back to, like, say, Hunter S. Thompson, who felt he'd done everything, and again, going, that's a lot of his ego, but he's like, yeah, I created this whole style of journalism, whatever, I'm done. But, like, most of us, we're not going to ever be like that. Like, right. we, you know, we all need to find our purpose and what we're good at, and like you say, live for that. And right. that's really the only way you can combat those suicidal thoughts, right. is be like, well, hey, I haven't done this yet, and this is what I want to do. And that's sort of like creating goals and a bucket list mm -hmm. and things like that. I mean, you know, and there's always new stuff added to that. Right. You know? There's there's always new things being created, new things being discovered, and there's also there's always new people to meet, too. Like, yeah. I, as a general rule, don't like people. But there are still lots of interesting people out there, and you yeah. never know who you're going to meet and who's going to be like, you know, I thought that person would suck, but they're actually kind of cool. And yeah. you never know what you can learn from that person, too. Yeah, and, and I feel like so many people miss out on so many opportunities in life by just not, you know, Ferris Buellering it here, but like just stopping to take a look around once in a while, see what's around you, be like, you know, and really take stock of what you've already done, too. Be like, yeah. Right. Like, it's I easy. did this, I did that, you know? Yeah, it's so easy to write off your own accomplishments yeah. because it was you, so it yeah. doesn't really feel, like, special. But if you can if you can remove yourself and look at it from a third person, like, most, I think most people would be more proud of themselves than they are. And, but it's hard. Like, yeah. it's, it's hard, but that it's okay. It's okay that it's hard. Well, and two, I want things to... Be, if I'm not challenged, I'm bored. And I'm very much like that person where it's like, you know, I need to be working hard. And, and I found in my life when shit happened and maybe when I was the most suicidal is when it did seem like so many things were just easy. And, like, it was like, you know, like... I was like a bit of a child prodigy in school. That's why it's so funny. Like my nickname was Daria, and I now I'm Mrs. Brightside. But yeah, and so it was always depressing to me though when I realized it's like school wasn't challenging. I was always bored, and that's when I was most depressed. 
But when I'm like, you know, right now I had to move into a much smaller place and I'm having to work hard, but I'm actually less depressed in a way because I'm like, no, I'm going to fucking get out of this. I'm like, going right. to fight, you know, and I'm ready to fight versus in challenge. I'm like, no, because I'm that, but that's how I operate as a person. Mm-hmm. I know not everybody else does, but I'm one of those people that it's like, I need to be cornered and put into a challenging oh, definitely. situation. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. I, yeah. I do much better in a structured environment as much as I don't like it just yeah. because it, it forces me to keep moving keep doing stuff and and that's like kind of like what you said like that when you when you sit and you're doing nothing and you, and you have nothing but your thoughts that's when shit starts to get bad it's like yeah. you because you then you start to think these things but when you're busy and you have stuff to do and you're keeping your mind busy and you have goals that you're working towards uh you don't. You almost don't have time to be depressed. Like yeah, it's still, exactly. it's still there, but it's not. It, it's not as heavy. It, at least for me, like I, for me, my depression, it feels almost like a pendulum. Like I can feel when I'm on a downswing, when things are starting to slow down, I'm not doing well, and then I also can feel like, well, okay, I'm, I'm starting to get better. We're on an upswing, and and being aware of that and knowing. Okay, I'm starting to feel depressed, so I need to get up and walk today. I need to drink a lot of water. Yeah. I need to, like, whatever I need to do to to be aware and to kind of combat what's going on and not just be complacent and be like, I'm feeling kind of sad. All right, cool, I'm just going to lay in bed all day. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't help me. Yeah, honestly, that was why I played Grand Theft Auto Five yesterday because I was like, you know what? I feel like I need to shoot somebody, but in a video game. Like, you know, and, and that's what you have to do is, like, you have to be, like you said, self-aware and do know what helps. It's like, it helps me to get out my aggression in a video game or, like, right. a fighting game or, like, yeah. something like that. And then I'm certainly not going to do that to a real person. Right. Like, and, or then, too, like, that's why those things aren't necessarily negative. It's like, I got out that aggression or whatever, and it took my mind off of all the bullshit exactly. I was dealing with. It's very yeah. good to decompress or yeah. Like, yeah. And you just have to be aware of what helps you do that. Because some people, it is actual boxing. Which, you know, I'm going to try to do that too. But, you know, that's certainly more productive. Or, right. you know, real exercise. But, yeah, that's the thing. Walk the dog. Like, that's why I love having a dog. And, mm-hmm. you know, I always worry that she's 15. But Because mm-hmm. what am I going to do? But if I didn't have the dog to get up and walk every morning, I might not get up as early or be as productive. Right. Or, yeah. And, I mean, also even too, as creators as we both are like you also use those feelings and those things that you deal with as like fuel to for your art and and you try to make something you know beautiful out of this like darkness and that in and of itself can be a goal it can be something to drive you um which is a very interesting relationship because then you you start to feel like you need to be depressed or you need to be unhealthy which I don't I don't think is true um I think that's an unhealthy stigma that we kind of have yeah because like going back to Trent Reznor it's like I was even one of those people growing up because this is why it's good that we didn't have Twitter then because it's like oh like his music was so much better when he was a heroin addict and was super depressed right now that he's married and has kids he's just doing film scores and I'm like what a little bitch like you know now that I'm older and more mature I'm like yeah, like, his art is different now, but, and two, like, yes, that was good, but I'm even, like, that was good for me at the time, because I, too, was depressed, and now that I'm in this different mode, or, or when it's been in different situations, I'm like, yeah, no, this is still good, right. and this doesn't, you don't need to be depressed to fuel you, and just, like, 
you know, I'm doing a 30, you know, for the month of January, I'm not drinking. Um, and I, because I got realized I got to a point where I was drinking every day. And I felt like I needed to drink or I needed to, you know, I didn't quit pot. Like, I'll never quit weed, guys. But don't worry. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those things that it's like. I felt like I needed that to do certain things or to mm. do this. And I'm like, you really don't. And right. that's why, like, people like Chris Farley, for example, like, so many people felt like he must have thought that's what he had to do to be Chris Farley. And But we would have loved him even without the coke. You know? Yeah. And, you know, that, that goes along with the being depressed. and Because, as I'll say, drug addiction and drug use is in the mental health spectrum. And oh, it sure. does kind of go mm. along with all of this. Yeah, um, it's usually a coping, yeah. a self-coping. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, often... The, I mean, that's you, what the marijuana is for me. It's a self-medicator. Right. Well, I describe... To people that don't understand depression, I, like to 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 boil it down to its simplest form, it's it's usually like a lack of hope or like a hopelessness yeah. feeling that you can't do anything, and 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 the the easiest way to deal with that when you feel like you have no control over a situation is to exert some control. So for yeah. some people, that's cutting. For some people, well, that's uh, eating disorders, eating, right? Yeah. Or yeah. for some people, it's drugs. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. j- drinking to completely escape. For me, a long time, that was playing video games. When yeah. I was really, when I was in like middle school, and high school, I was playing World of Warcraft. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was. I remember when I was in like third grade, and I got really into, or I was like fourth or fifth, Resident Evil Part Three Nemesis. Like, I just like immersed myself in that game to where I was Jill Valentine. So I understand, and that's the thing is, we all have different coping mechanisms, but you just have to get a self awareness to realize that that's what that is, and don't let it. I mean, don't replace one addiction to another. Whether right. your addiction is being depressed or right. you know. yeah, and I mean, you, it's it's like I said, it's about awareness. Like if. Once you acknowledge that, okay, I'm doing this to self-medicate, it then it becomes, well, what what am I trying to self-medicate? And then trying to heal that. Because it's not to say that, like, playing video games is bad. Or, yeah. I mean, obviously, an eating disorder, that's bad. You should fix that. But, like, <laughs> a lot of people, uh, I know a lot of people that go to the gym because when they're working out, they're exercising, it, they're not thinking about yeah. the depression or whatever. And, and it becomes yeah. like a thing. It becomes endorphins make you happy. Exactly. It becomes a coping mechanism for them as well. And that's good and it's a healthy thing, but mm-hmm. it can also become unhealthy. Yeah. And because and and honestly, in this day and age, there are far more eating disorders than bulimia and anorexia that people don't realize. But And they're, they're getting them in the new DSM. Because overworking out is something that people in our generation have done a lot of, and that's not something that hadn't been studied before. But I, I mean, I used to work at Equinox in Dallas, like, um, and so like there was a woman who like she had even broken her hip and kept coming back because she was addicted to it, and like the reason she broke her hip was she was overworking out, and so many of these people we would see through there, it's like this is their eating disorder. Yeah. Well, and I, I know I had a friend who worked there. She died. She had a brain embolism because her eating oh disorder God. was working out so much. And she was your age now. She was 26. And, um, yeah, and that's why I say people working out all the time is just as dangerous as drugs. Uh, yeah. body expectations. It's just, like, these photoshopped images yeah. that people well, see and then they... And I don't know why people don't... I mean, it's pretty... There are some good Photoshop jobs, like, say, Cosmo and stuff. They do a pretty good job. But for the most part, when you look at stuff on Instagram, it's very obvious. Like, trust me, we, we, we know a lot of AfterBuzz people. You know how many people use those filters, and it's so obvious. Um, some of them have been on this podcast, and I'm just like, 
you're like 22. Why are you even using these filters in the first place? But that's not what you look like. Yeah. And it's like, you're in two. It's like, you don't realize, and this is unfortunately what I've noticed in a lot of our generation, your actions have consequences. Yeah. And your actions of posting a filter fucking photo do have consequences. And, and those things online are yeah. permanent and will never go away. No. No matter what you do and how you delete it or whatever, there's always going to be a copy. There's always a trace. Yeah. And, and that's why I just wish people would think more before they tweet. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, but in, in let's face it, in this country, I mean, when the leader of our country doesn't... Right. <laughs> it's kind of hard to put any stock yeah. into that when yeah. it, it didn't really stop him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, but I'm, as I've always told people, you should be want to be better, not worse. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be interesting to see... Uh, as time goes on, how social media goes to affect society more because yeah. I mean I rem- I mean I know I'm sure you remember MySpace and oh yeah even before that I had a Zenga I don't know if you know I remember was. Zenga I don't think I did I'll admit like in the early days of like the internet and social media like Yahoo groups I ran a lot of Buffy okay. RPGs okay so yeah that was like yeah. I had some I had some Yahoo groups friends. Yeah, um, I had my own Buffy RPG website. The internet and social media and all that stuff was just so different then, and just and it just didn't like really matter. And then now it's like everything. Yeah, and advertising is like the the most important thing like in America, and it's yeah, it's crazy how much money is involved, and and it's influenced our elections now. And there's even. Like, with memes, like, a, a whole new genre of comedy, essentially. Oh, yeah. Like, I started to realize, like, some of the comedians I know, they're like, yeah, I'm getting paid to, like, do these memes on Instagram. And I'm like, shit, I need to do memes. Like, you're actually getting paid? Like, but that's become such a big thing. Yeah. And I'm like, huh. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's where some people, like, are not really getting... That some people haven't caught up yet, and that's okay. As long as they're not coming from a hateful place... Because, like you say, we're talking about these early, you know, years of social media and everything, and just people don't realize how much progress we've made in the last 20 years. Right. And it's been, it, this is certainly the fastest growing time for different things or things, right. you know, coming and changing. So that's why I'm like, some people do need to, need to catch up. Right. But, like, here's the thing, is this is the first time in history that a lot of, we've had this much innovation this fast. Right. That's what I... And and yeah. that's why, you know, I'm sure it attributes to people just not being able to... Not like, being able catch, to handle yeah, it. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's so fast. Yeah. Like, it, within our own lifetime, the jump from having even just flip phones to yeah. to now they have the bevelless phones Yeah, see, I remember nuts. when you had to call your friend on the fucking landline. Yeah, I yeah. remember that too. Yeah. It, but kids that yeah. are, are 10 years old now don't. Yeah. And 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 then the crazy thing is like our parents, they had the landline for their entire lifetime. Like yeah. it's not like it like they uh, in the end they got you know some cell phones. Yeah, they have cell big, phones now. Some but big yeah. brick cell phones. Yeah, and it, like they they the it's crazy the rate it, it, technology only grows exponentially. Yeah, into the the way that certain things were only to certain people like cell phones for example like you know michael douglas character in wall street has one but it was in in a lot of 80s movies you would see that it was only like the rich guys or even like the car phones or things like that and how much now that's in everyone's hands and that's a good thing but it's just like 
you know, used to when things were more restrictive, less things would happen right. because there were less, you know, er- yeah. raw margin for error. Yes. But we're in a point where it's like everyone has access to everything. Right. We all need to be a little bit more responsible. Yeah. yeah. Well, we need to be critical. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. that's it's kind of asking a lot. Yeah, because that's what I'll say is like, what what is it for this new generation? Because there are kids now in this day and age that are, that are becoming into adulthood that never dealt with landlines or things like that. Or the, in, oh, this is a good point. This is what I was trying to make. Um, the delayed gratification. Okay. And that is what we need. And we need to figure out how we instill that in these kids. Because... Say, we grew up in a generation where we can. now can have that. Like, you know. I can't even wait a minute for a yeah. page to, op- to load. I know. And, like, I, and, oh. I, and I remember dial up and having to load the page and then go, like, make something in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. And then come back and, like, it still wasn't done. I remember that and I still, like, it's taking 30 seconds. What the heck? Like,. I know, I have a robot that vacuums Alexa that turns everything, you know, on or things like that. Like, you know, I have become even lazier. And I'm like, but I know, and that's the thing, it's all being about the self-awareness. It's like, I come from a long line of lazy fucking losers. Like, I'm sorry to say family, but that is that is my dad's side of the family. I mean, our last name is Lion. Lions are lazy and lay around. That must have some correlating factors, but I come from lazy, and all these inventions are just making us even more lazy. Yeah. But I know that about myself, and I check it. Yeah. By going outside and walking or doing something active, but that's what I know, and like, cause I also listen to Adam Carolla, who's like, you know, everyone would say like a grandpa and stuff now, but I'm like, no, he preaches all the time about this lack of delayed gratification is part of the problem, and like you say, with like suicide is one of those things that this can kind of all tie back into is that the la- the delayed gratification is what you're looking for and that's maybe why people are committing uh, suicide is right. that they gr- they're not at that point but they should know that it will get there right but we're not teaching kids those things anymore exactly. with the on demand and everything. exactly yeah. Yeah, exactly with the on demand and even just in general the way I mean economically the way the 90s were and the way yeah. kids were raised like you it it's just very different, and their the work ethic installed is very different. And yeah, because I notice, uh, you know, I'm like nobody wants to work anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I don't like. Often people when they're talking to me about yeah. my generation, they're like, "Oh, you guys are so entitled," and you know, I don't necessarily disagree with them, but I I also think that entitlement is like a learned trait. Like, yeah. we didn't, we weren't born. They and got we were that like, from hey, their baby what? booming parents, right? Yeah, yeah, we got it because. Yeah. You know, your parents came here and worked for a bunch of stuff and had you and made you guys work really hard. You guys worked really hard, were successful, had kids, and you said, you, we never want you guys to have to work as hard as we do. We have all this money, so here's this nice stuff. And then we grew up and we're like, cool. Yeah. Wait, so we, we have, to, have to, work? to work? Right. Well, and see, for me, I did because I have, like, a single mom mm-hmm. and, you know, she had to raise me and my brother. So, like, and as I'll say, like, and Adam talks about this, too, is just that, Honestly, being poor and have, being forced to work at a young age is, like, helpful. But mm-hmm. it's, like, it sucks that we have to go through that and we've mm-hmm. got these skills, but maybe we're the ones going to be running shit one day, hopefully. Yeah. But, yeah, that is the biggest problem with our generation. Because, as I say, I'm, like, nobody wants to work because they weren't ever taught how to work right. and didn't have to. And it's, like, it 
yes, they should know better now, but it's not all their fault. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, part, part, I mean, yeah. you, you do have to reach a point where you have to realize, yeah. okay, if I'm fucked up and if I'm going to be fixed, I need to take responsibility and figure out what I need to do. Yeah. yeah. You can't blame other people for, no. for who you are. And that's what I was saying. It's like, yes, they should know better, but at the right. same time, I do at least understand why they're coming from. Right. Especially like, now when the information yeah. is out there for yeah. pretty much whatever you need. Yeah, that's what I say. It's like, it's so sad to me that we literally have all the information we will ever need at our fingertips, and so many people don't use it. Yeah. Like, I get so frustrated when I'm talking to somebody, and like, you're like, um, no, that was, like, Ed Norton who was in that. And they'll be like, no, it wasn't. I'm like, I can literally look it up on IMDb right here. And they'll just still argue with you to this day. And it's right. like, that's insane. Or, like, people just believe stuff that I'm like, you literally could have yeah, opened you your could phone. you could check it out. Yeah. And check it out. Or, like, and they freak out. And I'm like, why didn't you just look? Or I get people who ask a lot of questions. Like, and I'm like, you could have. I hate talking to people more than anything. I use the self-checkout. I literally once paid six extra dollars to have Postmates bring me Thai food so I didn't have to call them and talk to a person and order it. I paid six extra bucks. I hate talking to people. So when I see people whose first assumption is to, like, go to somebody, that drives me insane. Because I'm like, literally, your phone, I do everything I can before I even even talk to a person. That's what's so frustrating to me. And then so many people nowadays just would rather go drop it off somebody else and you're like... No, this is why people then get, like come back at me, and I'm like, no, 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 I've exhausted every other option. Trust me, I don't want to be here either. Just, just answer my question. <laughs> but yeah, it is one of those things that you're just like, so why? We have it all at our fingertips. Right. You know, our cunty little math teachers that would be like, you're not gonna have a calculator. I was just, time. I was just saying. It's that. like, ha 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 ha. Actually. <laughs> well, actually. Yeah. Actually, I have a computer that's yeah. faster than that. Than yeah. that. Six-year-old computer yeah. that LASD bought for you. Yeah, I know it's so funny. Um, because I I've said this a lot. Teachers are one of those things that get too good of a rap. When I'm like, literally, think about all your teachers. You did have some good ones, and there are good people out there that are teachers. But if you ever went to public school, ninety percent of your teachers were lazy ass bitches who but had no also, business being there. I mean, being yeah. being older now, now and, yeah. and having friends that are teachers, like. They're just people just trying to work, and, yeah, and they and they get treated people. like crap too. Oh like, yeah, they're not paid enough. The kids are crazy. Like now, I but understand. they do get months off, like that other people don't get, and things like that. But months I'm off. Like, yeah, and like the thing is, is like teachers get too good of like a rap sometimes. When I'm like, no, because here's the thing: I don't is, know. I you disagree. have a good teacher and a bad teacher, and they make the same amount of money, or sometimes the good teacher makes less. Because I had the privilege of going to a private Jewish school for a while, and no, private school teachers make way less money than public school. That's something people do not talk about, but... I think it depends on the Yeah, on the I mean, school. there's a few private schools that might pay a handsome amount, but not many. Like, because most of them are, like, you know, being private... People don't realize how much public school teachers actually make, and if you really put a pen and paper to it... Because I just know, I remember th there was the difference between the good teachers. It's like... It was about teaching the students, and that's what your job is. And this all comes back around to being your purpose. Is so many of these bad teachers, it's, you know, the, the fact that they're even talking about not getting paid enough for things like that. And it's like, 
and you know, it really should be like you're shaping America's youth, and like that should fulfill you in a way, and that should be what your thing is. It's not just about a paycheck. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, do I agree that some some teachers people and the problem with the teaching system is it's not a merit based system. It is a t- you know a tenure and yeah. and and that's what I I'll think. Say. There's a lot of issues yeah. with the teaching system, and I'm like, but there are good I, people and good people should I, be rewarded. I'm gonna say, yeah. and we can have another more oh, yeah. in depth conversation. Oh, no, I'm like, oh god, I got my but, <laughs> but in in general, I yeah. would say that I think in this country, teachers are underpaid and undervalued. I think teaching is an incredibly important job. Yeah, and to think, me, it is an important job. I just wish everybody would see it that way right. that's in it. Well, I think, <laughs> I, and I think what goes with that also is education system in general. Oh, like, yeah, I think it's garbage. You, you, can, you can pay them as much as you want, but if you put yeah. them in a system where they can't effectively teach with schools without supplies yeah. and, and courses that don't make sense. and Or to me, like it's all about passing a test so they get more money, and right, that's exactly. all they're teaching. And well, that was why yeah. the teachers that would not teach just the test, tax or toss, it changed names like so many times. Now it's star, now it's... But yeah, and that's what it all became. But right. I will say, you know how many teachers I had that were just were like, fuck this shit, we're going to teach you some real stuff. Right. You know, because here's the thing is, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, but it 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 just requires like that's one of those things where you you're then requiring them to go above and beyond, which is like great if they yeah. want to do that, but they're not they're not being compensated for that, yeah. and not like not that the joy of changing yeah. a kid's life shouldn't be enough, but like you can't pay your bills on the yeah. joy of saving a kid's life, and like well, it's just like I can't pay, pay doing... my bills on the amount of people that listen to this podcast right. or things like that. Exactly. But as or I'll people say, that though, laugh at your jokes when you do yeah, comedy. It's comedy. like, great, thanks for the laugh. Can you give me money? Like, but yeah, and that's what I'm saying though is why are we as entertainers subjected to like doing this for free? Because because then... entertainment <laughs> is is entertainment. That's, yeah, it's that's. That's like yeah. the f- well, and education should be more valued than yeah. entertainment. That's why. But, that's why we have so many yeah. dumb kids yeah. who don't fact check stuff they see on Facebook is yeah. because education is not valued. But anyways, to get back to depression or suicide, <laughs> so, to yeah. the bright side of suicide. Um, oh, it kind of rhymes. Yeah, I didn't bright side that. suicide. Can you rap for me? No. No. <laughs> I'm like I at least know I'm a like a rap like no rapping. You know. Um, I remember I made a rap about a kid down the street. Like it was pretty funny. We put it on Napster. I remember like. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. And Napster. Tyler, you suck. Yeah, this is how old I am. Napster was a thing. I remember Napster. I did a rap. I mm-hmm. my dad was in the music industry, so oh, yeah. he didn't like Napster. No. <laughs> the, the Napster is what ruined the music industry. Basically, it was the yeah. start of the end. Yeah. Which probably led to a lot of suicides. Also. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So your dad was in the music industry. Where'd you grow up? I grew up here. I'm oh, from yeah. here. I'm oh, a yeah. rare Los Angeles yeah. native. I know quite a few. I'm starting to realize, you know, this is another one of those things that they lie about. That there are a lot of people who are from here. I'm like, well, we just we're don't not really talk. We just don't really talk about it. Yeah. It's just you're more likely to hear someone that's not from here be like, well, back in Boston or... Back in Massachusetts, like Tyler, Texas. Yeah, I'm, I'm like cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm very. Most people, in my experience, most people from LA are very jaded. Yeah, I they're very say. disillusioned with LA, and that's yeah. why I like it. Cause like so many people here from other places, like 
here's the thing, is Tyler is what it is, LA is what it is, and, and I think I'm more like you as a realist about places, I'm like, some people idealize this place, or were, and, but, and it's one of those things that I'm like, no, I mean, and as I'll say, LA and Dallas, almost the same fucking thing to me, like, there's more industry here to work in, and the more comedy, and like, obviously, but I'm like, no, nah, it's just, it's a big city, they have similar things, and I'm like, nothing like- special. I I have a love hate relationship with LA. Yeah, I always tell people exactly. like, I'd be the first one to tell you this place sucks, but I yeah. can't I can't really imagine living anywhere else. Like, yeah. there's it's just such a unique environment, and I agree with you. I think a lot of people do idolize yeah. it and see it in a certain light that's not real, but in reality, it it also is like a huge hub for culture and different ethnicities and and music and art and like yeah. And that's the way that Dallas, Chicago, New York, you know, a lot of big cities. But not in the same, not in the same way. People from all over the world. world come here. Come, like, yeah. Not even just to LA, but to Hollywood specifically. Yeah, Hollywood has say. this mythical level. But again, we're saying it is mythical and it's not real. I'm right, just it's saying not real. On, the, on the reality sense of like, and that's all I'll say is the difference between LA and like Dallas is the places I lived for a while. And I'm just like. But I think, it's very similar. Yeah, and they, but I think more people, yeah, more people would grow come up here. going. Yeah, that, and they want to come to LA. And that's but what as I mean. say, but then I said I agreed with that. But a I'm big like, city it's is not a, a real city. factor. Yeah. yeah. But but show me another suburb. Yeah. That's as spread out as LA, with all the way out to Chatsworth. Oh yeah. Um, well, I mean, in the Dallas like, Fort Worth metroplex is definitely not as big population wise, but landmass wise, it's actually oh, pretty yeah. similar. Like with the sprawl and the different areas, because right. it's like it's so cute when people want to say Dallas is cowboys. I'm like, no, that's Fort Worth. Yeah. Um, not, like Dallas is Dallas. like Beverly Hills. Like, right. you know, essentially, I'm like Dallas is kind of like the city itself is kind of like the nicest parts of LA. Like. Beverly Hills, Century City, like West Hollywood. That's Oakland. <laughs> but yeah, and that's why I tell people, I'm like, it's kind of the same and things are as they are. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, and that's why I say sometimes the idealizing of anywhere is like, you know, that leads to depression. <laughs> yeah, because you yeah, yeah you, you set these unrealistic expectations and then you're disappointed. Yeah. I know. That's why I wish more people would be more honest about what it really takes. And I feel now with podcasts and things like that, that people are being more honest. Yeah, I think in general, the conversations are yeah. getting more real and less edited. And yeah. I think people are being more, more people are building their brand on being authentic. Yeah. Uh, not just appearing authentic, but actually being authentic. Yeah, because that's the thing. And I'm told people, I'm like, I had at least come to L.A. to see Nine Inch Nails' uh, last show at the Palladium in, like, 2009. So, like, I'd already seen I'm like, this is L.A., this is dirt. Like, it was in Hollywood at the Palladium. I'm like, this is dirty. This is not the glamour I was expecting. And, two, that was why when I decided to move there, like, four years later or whatever, it was like, yeah, I didn't have this idealistic view because I knew how unglamorous it was. And, mm-hmm. like, say, in Dallas, I was already working in the entertainment industry, so I already knew that it was you know, all the bullshit stuff around it and how long it really takes because that's what so many people don't realize. It's like, you've got to work and work for free in this industry, no matter what part you're doing, music, comedy, acting, for a long time before you get paid. And that's something that people do not, did not talk about until recently. And that, you know, LA isn't like just land of the nice movie stars. I mean, you know how many movie stars drive Kias, guys? Like, (laughs) right? yeah. It's not this big payday all the time that people think. Just like being an ath- a professional athlete isn't. Because I have a lot of 
friends that were professional athletes in Dallas, you know, because that's more like the Hollywood for them. But right. it's a matter of it's the same sort of shit. People right. don't realize all the work you put into it. Yeah. And again, well, that's sort of why this industry and we have a higher rate of suicide, depression, and all that. Yeah. But yeah, well, I was like, just, no cap the, on that. The rejection is just, it feels yeah. personal. And that's so much of what people don't see is the rejection. And that, because that's the thing that, you know, a lot of the jobs I had before this is what pushed me to this. Because it's like, when you're getting rejected for anything left and right, you can easily do this. Yeah. And that's where some people, you know, it, it is a, it takes a certain type of person to be able to do this and deal with the rejection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, if you can't get a regular job because you have a black name, then, you know, then this is, this is where you go. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we are rounding about an hour here. So do you have anything else about the bright side of suicide? Um, I don't think so. I think we, yeah. I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah. Uh, if anybody listening is feeling suicidal, please... Call a suicide hotline. Call a friend. Call your mom. Yeah. Um, don't kill yourself. It's it will get better. Uh, it's gonna be tough, but it yeah. will get better. Yeah, life life is hard. Um, but you know what? That what is if your belief is we only have one, then let's make the best of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yolo, as the kids yeah. say. Yeah. Yolo. So where can they find you on social media, Nate? Uh, you can find me everywhere uh, at Dog Like Nate. That's dog with two G's. Uh, I'm also getting ready to launch a podcast of my own that will be um, about uh, kind of about experiences in the service industry uh, with me and a group of friends. So if you work in the restaurant industry or if you don't and you're just interested in, in hearing us talk shit, um, you can hear more about that at 86th No Filter Podcast. Uh, that's 86th No Filter Pod uh, on Instagram. Oh, well, cool, guys. And since I'm Lucretia Lyon, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. See you next Tuesday. So there's this new podcast you guys should totally be listening to. It's called Dead Inside. It's got myself, Lucretia Lyon, and Jacqueline Pissarro. And we talk about a lot of effed up stuff. That uh, you'll absolutely enjoy and laugh at, like murder. And uh, serial killers. And um, we speak with other comics, and we talk to other different types of personalities. Yeah, and personality disorders. That um, we point out in other people and in ourselves. Because we're full of it. (laughs) Yeah, so guys, Dead Inside has new episodes every Tuesday on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify.